professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 708 on CJD. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, and filling in for Josh Miller today is Fuller Landau's Mike Newton. Welcome back, Mike. Hi, Dan. Good to be here. Now, we're going to get to our guest in just a second, but first, uh, Josh is absent this week because he's over in Hong Kong, and he wanted to convey <laughs> this message about doing business yeah. uh, over there. Uh, Josh wrote to me this morning, opportunities are everywhere, but sitting on your laurels is tantamount to business suicide. While the world concentrates on the failing economies and the beaten are crying the blues, the global entrepreneurs are recognizing that there are economies that continue to thrive and consumer needs that continue to expand. The danger is trying to go at these markets alone. What is often ignored, Josh says, are the many business multipliers and entrepreneurs that uh, people can tap into. Don't be stubborn, especially in foreign markets. Use local resources, government business chambers, uh, relevant uh, trade media, uh, trade shows, uh, professionals, etc., uh, to gain access to these multipliers. I'm seeing, Josh says, and evidence of this every day I'm here. The resulting su success stories are outstanding and seeing the action on the ground is truly encouraging. Uh, so, uh, so Mike, tell us a little bit about why Josh is there and uh, why it's so important for him to be there on a regular basis. Well, Josh is past president of the Hong Kong Canada Business Association uh, chapter in Montreal, so he's been going over for a number of years uh, in, in order to uh, basically on a trade mission, uh, touching base with as well with some of our, uh, our international leading edge affiliates in, in Hong Kong and in China. Uh, the goal, obviously, is to try and facilitate uh, the uh, the ability of, of Canadians and particularly Montrealers to do business in the, in the Chinese marketplace. And you hear horror stories and you hear all kinds of myths and you hear the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, effectively, I think uh, he's, he's trying to demystify the process. Um, as you go into the foreign markets, I think there's always a fear of two things. One, uh, I can do it myself. I don't need to pay somebody on the ground. I don't need to have the connections. Or there's the other side, which is the complete paranoid side, as I can't do business in a foreign market because it's something that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I really, I think, as you, Josh put it very eloquently, it's nice to know he's doing something while he's over there, not just having a good time, uh, is the ability to reach out and use the network of people that, that are there. The Chinese economy certainly has been very strong, uh, as well as the Indian economy. And I think parts of, uh, strong in, in parts of South America as well at the moment, the Brazil areas. So I think it's, it's key to use the contacts and the sources. We live in a global economy and nobody needs to do it on their own. Uh, and clearly when our neighbors to the south uh, and the market is not what it used to be when we were in the 80 some odd percent trade partner, uh, people would automatically want to go to Europe because they could they could kind of feel and touch and understand Europe. Well, they're not in any better shape right now than, than the U.S. is, and uh, the Canadian market is only so big, so we need to find alternative sources to, uh, to sell our products. So Josh returns uh, next Monday night, and I wait his review of Shark Fin Soup as well. Uh, definitely. We'll have to wait for that. Uh, but for now, let's get to our guest for the evening on Today's Entrepreneur. He is uh, the creator of Modasuite.com, Hisham Ratnani. Welcome, Hisham. Good evening. Happy to be here. Uh, so first, let's start by telling us a bit about Modasuite.com. This is a new business. Um, you've been around for just uh, almost two years now. Uh, tell us about the website. So the company, Modasuite.com, is actually a online destination, a retail store for men all over North America. So basically, as we know, men uh, all around the world actually have a hard time finding clothes that fit. Either the arm length is too short or the people can't fit and sometimes too small or too big. And let's not kid ourselves, guys don't like to shop. 
So in other words, people go on the website, input their measurements easily through our system, and get everything received at their door in three to four weeks. So it's basically a new way to shop. Men have loved it, and men keep continuing to buy from our website. So it's really the new wave of shopping. And now these are highly customizable clothes. Uh, how exactly does the manufacturing process work? It seems um, it seems to it would have a bit of challenge in, in that respect to, to be able to cater to all kinds of different people. That's correct. So basically, we are a uh, online store, and we do customize menswear. So most people are used to their tailor going to somewhere in the street or uh, having a tailor that actually takes all their measurements and crafts a garment for them. And that's what actually what we do. But in a modern era where we simplify the process, it's basically like building your own IKEA table. You look at our videos, you look at our measurement system, and you basically pull a measuring tape, measure your bicep and your shoulders, for example, and then you input it in the system. We validate everything through our smart measurements, and we can craft a pattern for you and therefore a garment just made for you. Maybe give us a little bit of an idea in terms of uh, going on. I mean, I've gone on. I've opened up an account for myself. Uh, it's really straightforward. It's really simple. Um, maybe just give us a, an idea of what you're looking for when, when the individual uh, signs up. So basically, uh, as people go on the website on motorsweet.com, we begin by asking a number of questions in terms of to fully fulfill our personalization promise. So we begin by asking uh, their clients their style favorite uh, personnel or in terms of uh, do they like these style icons, do they like this sort of clothing. So this allows us to actually recommend and further personalize the experience in terms of offering clothes because as we know, guys don't know what to shop for either. So if we know you like this icon or this type of style, we can say here are some clothes that you might like. Now, from there, in order to continue our personalization promise, as I said, we actually um, ask clients to input their body measurements. So people might be afraid of that, but actually we offer, uh, we ship out measuring tapes. We ship out hundreds per day. People are keep asking us for measuring tapes. So it's a really easy process to do. And uh, once actually the fit is done, people receive their garments and we actually pay for alterations credits. So let's say a gentleman receives a suit. He thinks it's a bit too big there or too tight there. So he can take it to his tailor. And we actually refund an alterations credit to guarantee the perfect fit. Uh, we have to take a, a very quick break and then more with Hisham uh, Ratnani from Motosuite.com. We'll get into how you started the, the business, uh, Hisham, uh, how you found the fa financing, and also when it comes to online shopping, there's certainly that security uh, factor there that I think people are worried about. So we're going to address that as well. Uh, that's all coming up in a second on Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. It's coming up to 7.15 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Mike Newton, filling in for Josh Miller, who is uh, in Hong Kong this week. Our guest this evening, Hisham Ratnani from Modasuite.com. And Hisham, uh, while well, we were trying to start from the beginning here, tell us uh, how you came up with the idea of Modasuite.com, having um, basically a website personalized for men's clothing. You're, you're, like you were explaining, you put your measurements in and the clothes come tailored to you. Uh, tell me uh, what problem prompted you to, to, to get this idea and how you started the business? So basically, uh, we're two founders. My business partner, his name is uh, Ifan Song. We were both working together at, uh, at a consulting firm in technology strategy. And basically, we were both really um, passionate about everything that's B2C, that's business to consumer and the large markets that that has to offer. Uh, I was personally always, um, I was always in love with technology. I loved everything that can do, how it moved industries. And my role in technology strategy allowed me to see how it actually takes companies to the next level. Now, I knew there was something brewing in the retail and how everything was going online. And my, my business partner actually had a, 
he was a big, a bit more of a fashion fan than I am, and he came back with a bunch of clear clothes that was really well fitting. Everything was great, and we were a lot. We thought about ourselves and how can we bring this to the mass market, and how can more people like us benefit from better fitting clothes online through this uh, retail channel. So basically, that's how we started uh, the company. We actually incorporated uh, in 2009. We worked on the business plan for months, and we actually started selling clothing online in March 2010. So it's uh, over a year now, and uh, it's been a great experience. When you started, I mean, you mentioned to us earlier that you had incorporated the company in July 2009, and it was not until March 2010 when you got it, finally got it off the ground. Maybe give us a couple of ideas or a couple of uh, steps that you went through. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have to build a platform. You have to create not only a line, but the technology. I mean, our, our bricks-and-mortar type retailers are used to setting up the shelves and setting up the stores and finding the location. Here, you're, set, you're, you're faced with a different set of challenges. Absolutely. I go. It goes from uh, everything from actually um, designing the garments to programming the website to setting up the international supply chain, the custom, the customs brokerage, and of ultimately the marketing and customer service. So we're a vertically integrated company. So we uh, own every single step of the process except the actual cut and sewing of the garment. So it was a um, a great endeavor, and that's why it took us a long time to actually set it up. Um, looking at it right now, is that the biggest part was certainly having a physical product. I mean, a lot of the startups today, they do an app online or they do an app on your iPhone. These are great businesses, but it's a lot of coding. It's a lot of uh, back office work. Now, we have a lot of that, but we also have an actual physical product. So we have to ensure that the shirt ultimately fits great. And then it's a good quality. And then we have all the tape, the la labels, for example, the tags, the and people wash your clothes. And then so there's a lot of things that have to be cons uh, that you have to think about because it's a full process. and. When you're B2C, people can come from all over the, the place. So basically, it was an actual great adventure to go and set up everything from the marketing customer service all the way to the international brokerage. So you're, bu you're building the line, uh, you're building the style. Um, we are, you're, you're sourcing. Where, where's the product coming from and how do you bridge the gap from local uh, supplier in a Montreal market to a worldwide distribution while you're also trying to source on an international scale? So we have a team of uh, tailors and designers here in Montreal. So my business partner, he's actually from Asia. And so him himself, he does most of the sourcing. And we have a number of connections over there as well. So that's we were able to find some top quality, top notch manufacturing partner to actually do the individual handcrafting of every single garment. And of course, at first, it wasn't easy. So we had to go through a number of iterations. But that's that's how it is with a startup. You have to always improve on every single step. And then here we are today with something that's uh, quite uh, up there in terms of quality. When, when most, of our, most of our clients or most of our friends are getting into business, I mean, obviously the, the ability to source overseas and going back to maybe Josh's, Josh's little intro when he started, uh, you're dealing in a foreign environment for most of us. In your case, I guess it, it helps that your business partner was of Asian descent. But the, the ability to, um, I guess, work your way into sourcing when, when you're starting off at ones and twos, uh, is obviously a very, very different different game than when you're trying to, you know, bring in hundreds and hundreds of garments. Uh, how did you How did you manage to break down that barrier? Well, um, we're we're all salesperson, so basically we had to, of course, uh, sell ourselves as our company, sell our vision. So whether you sell yourself to investors, financiers, or to your family who thinks you're crazy for quitting your job, or whoever <laughs> your friends. Well, basically, you have to sell yourselves to suppliers as well to ensure that, to tell them that you can buy, you can have the supply, and you can bring this into the mass market. Hisham Radnani is our guest from Modasuite.com. This is Today's Entrepreneur on CJ80. 
For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 724, welcome back to today's entrepreneur. Our guest this evening, Hisham Ratnani from motosuite.com and uh, Mike Newton in for Josh Miller. We're talking about some of the challenge challenges uh, with starting up a new business and certainly um, setting up infrastructure, finding the financing. Uh, off the bat, uh, one major challenge. Yeah, financing, especially uh, the way the market's been over the last few years, uh, not a lot of people are standing out there with with open pockets saying, here, take our money to get something off the ground. Uh, you know, a lot of places, a lot of times you start, uh, people are looking to try and, uh, you know, they'll knock on the doors of friends and family, uh, but at some point in time, if you're going to take it to a certain level, you have to be able to take that financing and, and, and professionalize it the same as the business does at the end of the day. And I think, Yishan, I think that's basically uh, what you guys are doing at this point. I mean, I know you'd said initially you started off by, you know, trying to hit everybody up at a Christmas party or a turkey gathering and a couple of beers, but uh, obviously that's not going to sustain the the financing. So where did you where did you go? That's correct. So usually people say it starts with the three Fs, the family, friends, and fools. <laughs> so that's how you basically get your initial uh, fundraising going. But um, for sure, us, we were... Um, our model is to sell clothing, so basically we were able to generate funds and be uh, self, not really self-sufficient, but have enough funds to keep some sort of cash flow going. The first uh, step for us was if we step aside in terms of family or ourselves, was actually the local, um, all the local and government funding that's available. We went through the youth uh, foundation of the mayor of Montreal. We went through the local center of development in our area. We also went through these, uh, the Canadian Youth Business Foundation, the BDC. So there's a lot of actual uh, money that's available for entrepreneurs who are willing to make a bit of a sacrifice and who are willing to uh, get set up in a proper way from a legal perspective and accounting perspective and, and get an entire business plan going. So if there are some entrepreneurs who are willing to take that step and to take the time it takes to actually go through the paperwork, you can have a decent amount of money just to get you started off the ground. Now for sure it depends on your business, but if you can get that money and combine it with your own money or with your, your friend's money and if you can... Uh, ask your grandma or whoever, well, basically, you can probably get something going at the beginning for your, your startup. Many people talk about the, the necessity of having a business plan to get things off the ground. And it, <coughs> excuse me, everybody's, uh, everybody's version of a business plan can differ. I mean, I think the, the, the initial step of the business plan is more about the introspection of what you want to do with your own business as it is selling it to somebody else. Um, maybe you walk us through, I mean, how many rewrites and how many times you went through the business plan process? Absolutely. Now, the business plan is actually people think it just sits in a drawer. Well, it does after some time, but at the beginning, it's really, really impor important for your own internal analysis as an entrepreneur and as a founder, where you want to take the business, who are the key uh, barriers to the market, um, who are your key competitors, what differentiates you, what are your values as a company, and how, where you want to take this. So it's really important to step back and take this, this very exhaustive view of your business. That's why it's really good to do a business plan. And as you go through the first uh, process to get your local government funding, you'll have no choice to go through that. And it's a, it's a really good process for every single um, entrepreneur who wants to start a business. When seeking funding, how, how do you make the business plan believable and credible? Uh, how do you portray yourself as someone who will make money in, in one year, two years down the road? Well, for sure, you have to have... Um, it's always about a number of things. For example, for, to, to start off, it's your idea. And is your idea, uh, does it have a large enough market? Do you think you're going to have traction? And ultimately, it comes to the entrepreneur. Do you have a history of success? Do you think you can and, and be able to convince people and sell people on your idea and on your vision? So it's really about having the balance between idea and entrepreneur. And ultimately, is it everything is ready and it, is it the right timing? So the timing is really important, too, in terms of starting up a business. 
it's all, it sounds really good, but at some point you need some, some bigger dollars. You're going to need some money that is not going to come from friends and family that you're not necessarily going to be able to walk into the bank and get because the reality is there's very little equity on the table at that point. Um, you can go to an angel finance. You can go to a VC. Uh, you can go to a mix. Uh, maybe just describe that process and, and I guess maybe some of the experiences of, of going through that. So as you mentioned, the bank is very difficult. I mean, the banks, uh, as we know, with the problems they've been having, they're not going to lend money to a single uh, startup who's just been starting. So basically, you have to go private. So you have to go, as we said, with your family or with local government. And afterwards, you're going to have to go to some more um, some more sophisticated investors. So an angel investor, an angel is a term in the startup community for companies who are just starting off and need this swing, need this bridge to get keep, keep going and keep the machine going. So for us, we were really looking as uh, having a mentor and a, a business partner, and more than the, also the money. The money is good, of course, but you really want to have someone who can help you teach you the ropes and who's been there and who ultimately who's been through the whole process so that you can have someone to ask to whom you can ask your questions. Hisham Ratnani from Motosuite.com, our guest on today's Entrepreneur. After the news, we're going to talk about online shopping, which is uh, is what Motosuite does right now, and address some of those security issues and how you've overcome that, uh, Hisham, and also how to market yourself online in a very cluttered marketplace. It's coming up to 7.30 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.33, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Mike Newton. He's in for Josh Miller, who's uh, doing business in Hong Kong. And our guest this evening, Hisham Ratnani from Motosuite.com. And Hisham, you're an online retailer. Uh, we'll get to the security factor in a second. But first, we're talking about how you started up. The company only started uh, just under two years ago. And uh, some, some advice that you would have for entrepreneurs who are especially young ones who are just sort of uh, starting new businesses and uh, we address the financing but people who who want to give you financing need more than just sort of solid numbers right they need they need they need people around you uh, who also have confidence in you tell us a bit about uh, about that well for sure when you start off the real difficulty is to find people around you who understand your day-to-day -day and to understand the questions you might have and the challenges that you constantly face as an entrepreneur so we found a number of advisors close to us. So uh, as a part of the program as the, in the Canadian Youth Business Foundation, we also had to have advisors and mentors. We also, one of our very first angel has been a very key person for us in terms of providing advice. And he's also from the web community. So that's also something a bit more unique where you don't find that everywhere in Montreal. We're not in Silicon Valley where you have hundreds of web entrepreneurs everywhere. So f finding the right people around you and knowing that people have are here are there to help you is really key. And uh, it's ultimately having a sounding board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, one of the biggest mistakes that most uh, uh, budding entrepreneurs uh, will do is the fact that they think they can do it all and that they, they don't necessarily need to ask for help or support. Uh, the role of, of, of the board members, and whether that's a formal board, as people know it, or a very informal board, which is sitting around the table with somebody to bounce some ideas off, the, the idea is, is really to try and, uh, you know, look and see where am I going to make mistakes, where are my options, where's, you know, give me some input. Uh, it's basically poke holes in my story. I'm going to give you, this is where I want to go, this is what I want to accomplish. Now your job, Mr. Board Member, is to say to me, how am I going to get there? Nuh-uh, that's not going to work. Where's the money going to come from? What happens if your sales are delayed by six weeks, two weeks? What happens if your product doesn't come in on time? What happens, what happens? And I think that's really that devil's advocate role that you're looking for from a lot of board members. And it doesn't have to be anybody uh, more 
growth and somebody that has some experience. I mean, obviously, the closer they can get to the business you're in, the better, but nobody needs to do it alone. Absolutely. Now, the board of directors for sure will challenge you, will criticize you in a constructive manner. And so as entrepreneurs, you always have to be very, very open to this criticism. Now, ultimately, the most important thing, I think, is all with all your mentors, advisors and board members is to always be aligned on the ultimate goal or what you always want to achieve together. So you know that all this uh, this constructive criticism is positive. So it's really good to take that. I think I think part of when you're going to market to look for an angel or to look for a venture capital, a VC, is to find somebody who's going to bring, as Dan said, something more to the table than just money. I mean, obviously, a few years ago, money was a little more readily accessible. Today, some people have to be a little more uh, accept accepting in who they get. But the reality is you want somebody that's going to work with you and is not just worried about uh, making sure he gets a return on his because ultimately you want to be able to build your business on a long-term basis. What were some of those early wake-up calls that you may have gotten from your board members, your advisors, that you, you know, things you wouldn't have thought of uh, heading into this new venture? So the key thing is, um, I think there's a number of items, of course, but the with our board of directors, we have a number of key performance indicators, or KPIs that we track on a weekly basis, and we report on them, and we get challenged on them, and we build our business upon them. So basically, they're able to pinpoint. So... The great thing about uh, having board members and especially um, people who have invested in your company is they're like consultants, but they pay you. So what's interesting about this is that they come in and they have, of course, founded the, co founded the company, but they also provide a lot of advice and they, they want to take this to the next level with you. So they're able to pinpoint and say, I think this might be wrong because I've seen this and that in other companies, in other industries or in other situations in general. And I think from my experience, this could be better. So it's really important. Uh, it's been great for us to having this uh, this sounding board with us. I think the one thing you want to remember, though, uh, Hisham, is, is obviously uh, the product that you've put out there, the sale that you've made into what you're doing still goes a long way. I mean, it, you, you make it sound like these guys are coming to you. Uh, you're really going to them. I mean, you still have to sell them. By the time they've come to you, they've done their homework more, prob more so probably than you have. And you don't want to you don't want to come across as unprofessional. You want to make sure that the, the money that they're putting in ultimately ends up uh, not only going back to them, but with a return and with your credibility and your reputation intact. Absolutely. Now the process to actually get external financing is a long one, is a hardest one. So you always have to keep knocking at the door and then look at all the possibilities. And it it is a, a lo long process. We haven't gone to this into detail, but it takes months and months to actually court someone and get an offer and then they're going to dig, dig and dig and make sure this is actually something unique and there's a key market opportunity because these uh, venture capitalists or these angel investors, they also want to return and they have also have their own board of directors. They have their own people to whom they can report to. And uh, speaking of sort of insecurity starting out, why don't we get into the business itself because there is some, some, uh, some doubt about the process of online shopping. It's getting better, right? But there's still some uh, paranoia that perhaps buying online isn't as safe uh, nowhere near as safe as buying something in person. How have you addressed the concerns of uh, of consumers who want to uh, feel safe giving uh, credit card information online? For sure there is a concern, but um, statistically I think you have more chances of getting mugged in the parking lot than actually getting fraud uh, with your credit card online. Now if you think about it when you go to the... For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Mike Newton from Faux Landau. And Mike is filling in for Josh this week, who's uh, in Hong Kong. Our guest this evening, Hisham Ratnani from Modusweet.com. And we also bring in Steph Darwash to the conversation. Uh, Stephanie is uh, in marketing at Fuller Landau. And Stephanie, maybe you can start by telling us a bit about your background and a bit uh, how you um, uh, not only help businesses uh, increase their presence, uh, their marketing presence online, but how you did that for Fuller Landau, the company you work for. Okay, Dan. Um, I actually, my degree's in journalism from Concordia, but uh, I never worked in journalism. I actually went into communications as my first job at McGill University. And then from there, got hired by an IT company as their marketing director. And I think it was there that I really learned the value of online marketing. I mean, I learned a lot at McGill, for sure. But it was working at an IT company that was so heavily focused online that really sharpened my skills. And hopefully, I'm helping Fuller Lando now. Well, I think one of the things that we were certainly looking for was to think outside the box when it came to marketing. I mean, uh, the last thing I wanted was another accountant to do marketing for an accounting firm. <laughs> So uh, when, you know, when, when I saw Stephanie's CV, and, and she did come recommended by somebody who worked at Fuller, that she had the journalism degree, that she was in the IT sector, that she had been in a professional environment like McGill, I was like, well, you know, we're pretty much hitting all of those major areas, uh, because what we wanted to really do was ramp up our online presence. So I, I, we, you know, we sat, and I think it took Stephanie a little while to take stock of, of the <laughs> professional environment, because it's certainly not the same as working in an IT or working at the university. Uh, and one of the things she's done is really tried to build our online presence. And as, as uh, uh, we were talking about before, uh, the use of Google AdWords uh, is something that we've kind of jumped into over the last few months. And maybe Stephanie can give us a little bit of an idea of how that works and, and, and the process. And I think she may have one or two or ten uh, top ten uh, Google AdWords tips to throw at us at some point, too. I love top ten lists. I don't know <laughs> if I'll get through all ten. Thank you, David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Basically, I, I mean, we do do Google AdWords for Fuller Landau. I think I'm, when I'm doing, talking about these tips, I'm talking them more from uh, like a perspective of Hisham's. But across all industries, I would say that the first thing you do is to spend the time doing your research on the AdWords. And Google provides an array of tools actually to do that. So basically, don't throw yourself in and just list 100 words that you think relate to it. Take the time to find out one keyword that relates to one thing you're trying to sell. And then you can use things like the uh, keyword tool or the traffic estimator, and that really helps narrow down um, who's looking for those words, how much those words cost, uh, what your average cost will be per day even, and how many clicks even you'll get per day. So you'll, I, I, I like working with a smaller list as opposed to a bigger list. For example, when you were looking at putting Fuller Landau's into Google AdWords, what were some of the keywords other than obviously the name that you were looking at trying to, to sort through? Um, the first thing I did for Fullerland, and we're still building ours, is I looked at Chartered Accountant. And I have to do them in French and English, so it's totally two different processes. It's not a direct translation by any means. Um, so first thing I did was I said, who are we looking for? So I kind of wrote a little, you could say, one-paragraph bio on the ideal customer, a small to medium-sized business in Montreal or the Quebec area looking for um, general accountancy work. So I didn't specify right now into tax or HR or whatever, all the else other things we do. Um, and from there, I put it into the keyword tool, got maybe 10,000 words, but we're not going to use 10,000 words. And then from there, I saw who's searching what in Montreal. And that's one of the other things is that it's really important to target because you're asking people to find you, but you don't want everybody to find you. You only want people who want you to find you. 
So for us especially, it's geographic based. So I limited it to Quebec, who's finding in Quebec, who's finding it in English, who's finding the words in French, and what our budget was. That was another big, big key. So I'm going to dumb it down for us. Basically, it's a filter. Exactly, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and so once you have all these keywords, what do you do with them? Do you incorporate them into text on your website, or do you just throw them up randomly? How do those... Professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Remaining moments on today's Entrepreneur. Let's uh, get quickly to uh, Stephanie Darwish's uh, parting thoughts on online marketing. Uh, Stephanie does online uh, marketing for Fuller Landau. And Stephanie, um, uh, a couple more suggestions about how businesses can increase their presence online? Uh, sure. Keeping with AdWords, let's say. Um, I think one of the other most important things for AdWords is to split test your ads. So for one ad group, uh, so for chartered accountants, for that keyword chartered accountants, I have um, two ads running. And once a month or so, I compare the results of each one. And if someone wins, they get to stay alive. And if someone does not win, I scrap them and I write a different one. So I'm always trying to beat myself, I guess you can say. It's a mm -hmm. game. Uh, one more quick uh, piece of advice. We have about 15, 20 seconds. Uh, I would say also another quick AdWords tip is to always bid on your company name because it doesn't hurt to someone types in Fuller Landau. We have our AdWords, then we have our Google Places page, and then we also have our actual website. So there's three places to click as opposed to finding one and they might click on the wrong name. Mm. Now you see why I didn't hire an accountant to fall into the marketing side. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Darwish, thanks so much. Uh, now, Hisham Ratnani from Motosuite.com. In our remaining few seconds, uh, what, what advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? Well, I mean, when I was, um, I remember once someone told me uh, I was doing dishes and someone said, life's too short to do dishes, just buy a dishwasher. <laughs> well, you know, life's too short to not do what you love. So to all the aspiring entrepreneurs who actually want to do something in um, take it upon themselves to change the world, would just go ahead and do it. Hisham, thanks so much. Thank you. Our Isham. pleasure. Thank you. And Mike Newton, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Josh Miller is back next week, Monday night at 7 p.m. It's been fun. Dan, it's always a pleasure to, uh, even though I only do it once or twice a year, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I'd like, like to thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming. And uh, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit www.flmontreal.com. Have a good night.